Welcome to episode two of the Be Hot Yoga Atlanta podcast. And we're here with Jason A. Hey, Jason. Hey. Jason is our new teacher, right? Absolutely. And uh, I want to find out a little bit more about you, Jason. So when did you start taking yoga? Uh, I started taking yoga in, let's see, 2006. Maybe like um, a little over 12 years ago. Yeah, maybe 12 years ago, yeah. What were you doing before? I was playing basketball professionally in uh, Europe and South America. And, um, but at that time, I was in Europe and Portugal playing. And you started while you were doing, uh, well, playing basketball? Yeah, just philosophy-wise, though. Like um, One of my friends gave me a book on yoga prior to my departure over there. And um, I read up on the philosophies behind it and um, learned about Shavasana and positive visualization. And it really helped. That was like before I got into the asana part. And it really, shavasana and positive visualization really helped refine and um, helped me become a better player, actually, and person. So just because people don't really speak Sanskrit, we're going to keep it in Sanskrit and English. Okay. So you said that you said that the part of yoga that is visualization helped you? Yeah, positive visualization. So what I would do, I, was, I would lay down in Shavasana, which is uh, just laying down on your back is the corpse posture. And so um, you know, I would connect with my breath flow and play uh, the game in my mind and um, just stay relaxed. And if any mistakes come up in my mind, I wouldn't tense up. I would just let it flow because the game continuously moves. I can't be stuck in the past while it's still going on. So I just let it flow through me. But I would always visualize my, myself playing at my highest level. And um, like I said, if any mistake comes by, I don't trip out about it. I just let it mm. pass on by and keep going. And it would translate over to the court, like, really, it was like that. There wasn't anything that needed to be thought about or contemplated, maybe like the first couple minutes of the game, and then all of a sudden it just, it just happens. Mm-hmm. And, it's, um, it's a, and then from there I just flowed during the game, and it was, it was just crazy and um, very effective. And then when did you start doing the physical, the Hatha yoga? Uh, as soon as that season was over. That season's over. It's, it lasts like nine months. So I would come back to Atlanta like in the spring of May. Mm-hmm. And um, well, during that time, I was, you know, I was injured. Uh, but they were minor injuries such as muscle pulls. It was most, most uh, in particular, uh, IT band pull. And so um, the, actually the train over there was like, you should do yoga. You should do yoga. And at the time, I thought it was just stretching and, and that sort of thing. But um, once I came home, I went to a hot studio, and I just got into the practice and made it part of my training. And um, I got, I became immersed in it. Like right. I, would, I would practice like twice a day. Like I would go in the morning, do my other trainings, and then come back at night. Oh wow! Hot yeah. yoga did it? Yes. Bikram. No, not so much Bikram, but. Um, that, yes. But at the studio I was going to, they called it hot sequence, but it was the same 26 postures. Mm. So I would do that, and plus they had a couple vinyasa classes and mm. Pilates. So it was that whole um, trinity uh, regiments at the studio I would, I would participate in, yes. And when were you trained? When, uh, Or see, with whom? With Bethany Vaughn at um, Atlanta Hot Yoga. I would say that was 2008. Mm-hmm. Yes, 2008. So, so you trained at Atlanta... Hot yoga. Hot yoga. Yes. Okay. 
And did you have a 200 or 500 hours? 200. Okay. I started with her at 200. Um, she taught us the Bikram sequence. Uh, she taught us alignment through uh, the Iyengar method. And she taught us sequencing through power yoga. So it was very, like, um, intriguing and well-rounded. Got it. Eclectic. Training, yeah. yes. yes. Well, good. And then what other trainings have you done since then? Uh, I, um, I did a 300-hour training with uh, Shiva Ray. Mm. And um, that was in 012. So um, I actually just came off of teaching a teaching training at Atlanta Hot Yoga then. And um, I don't know, like mentally, uh, I think I wanted to do it very bad because you know, I was into the yoga a lot, but just the interaction with the students kind of took a toll. Plus, I was carrying like 14 public classes a week along with that. So after it was over, I went to do a three-part immersion with Shiva. It was 11 days at a time, six months apart. Mm -hmm. And it also included Ayurvedic consultant information. So um, I got three more hundred, 300 hours with her. But I, I wasn't interested in their certification or the Prana Flow certification. I wanted to just be around her. She's a great person. Um, um, yeah, she, she's great. And um, so I just wanted to be around that, soak it up, and then, you know, just apply it to what I was already doing uh, as far as, like, uh, movement, movement. Because um, down the line, I made plans to, you know, really move into direction to working with athletes and show them the movement and actually coach their game to them from a yogic perspective. Yeah. Which is? Um, what, coach their game? No, you said from a yogic perspective. Can you um, talk more about that? Absolutely. Well, uh, identifying the player, the field of play, the game, and the potential distractions. So the player within everyone and it doesn't have to be an athlete, it could be anything you're doing, is called pure awareness. So if you were to like say a few hellos within, that part of you witnessing those hellos, that's you. That's your truest essence. It's an innate presence that cannot be channeled through your senses. And it just observes and witnesses. That's it. So that's the player, right? Inside your body is the field of play. So if I was a basketball player, pure awareness would be the player. Inside my skin would be the court or the coliseum. My breath flow contains the game. So when I say that, we practice being in the zone, which is what I alluded to earlier with positive visualization and how it comes out. So if we, the breath flow contains the game, so if we slow the game down by breathing slow, since we're moving with the breath, that slows the game down, in which you can pay attention to detail, operate with precision, and be responsible and aware in the moments. Then within the slow pace, the breath flow moves gracefully, which you apply composure and patience while you're in the activity and also fluidity. And through fluidity, there's a void of hesitation or doubtfulness, so we implement certainty instead. Then within both of those, there's a soft texture to your breath flow which shows up on your mask or your face. Um, and that's being effortless while you're playing and even authentic. You know, you're not trying to play like somebody else, but you're just refining your own skill set and uh, making that the best you can be. Um, but then there's your inhale contains the moment. Your inhale uh, begins the moment. Your exhale finishes the moment. Then it's on to the next moment. And this is where you need to be in the moments. Uh, your breath will also um, provides navigation 
Like in the practice, for instance, if we're in, uh, we're standing in mountain pose or Tadasana or even Samas TT, you can do, your inhale could flow in and direct you to root and your exhale could flow out, remind you to rise. So you're constantly not only in the moment, but you're directing and being where you need to be and on point. And then lastly, the sixth element would be uh, the inhale providing energy. But your exhale evacuates the things that don't serve you that will prohibit you from being all you could be, such as the illusions of insecurities, self-imposed resistance, and limitations. However, we don't have to think of these elements at all. We just follow the movement of our prana or breath flow with observation and feeling, and you'll cover them all. It's like jacks. You know, the, the ball bounces one time, you can scoop all the jacks up. And that one time, that one bounce is one breath flow where that encompasses all those elements of your breath flow. And that's the game. Mm. And so that's how you play. And, and you practice being in the zone. And when I speak of being in the zone, it's like when you're playing, and this is what I found practicing Shavasana or corpse posture in Portugal. When you're playing, there, there comes this moment where you're in the zone and the game seems slower, just like the breath flow. We go ahead and, and facilitate that. But the basket seems huge. You can't miss. The crowd becomes mute. You can't hear them. Um, all of those distractions, which brings us to the other aspect. And the players seem like they're moving slow, but it's all actual speed. But it's just that you're so focused and you're in the existence of wholeness where your mind, body, and spirit are just, they, they've aligned like they've aligned like planets. So that instead of mind, body, spirit, it's just one planet. So that's that wholeness of existence that, that comes over and it's just like you're just, you're just in it. But this is something we can actually practice um, on the mat. So that's what I mean, teaching their game, their sport from the yogic perspective. And then they go do their other trainings, whether it's you know weights, swimming, mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, but you have this other element to to balance things off, and so um, so we identify the player, the the field of play, the game. But now there's the the objects of perception, feelings, sensations, emotional content, and emotions are 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 actually just energy. Um, emotion. Yeah, energy, emotion, and so. Um, but then you also have imagery. Uh, thoughts and memories. So those six objects of your egocentric perception can serve as distraction, such as crowd noise, um, off the court issues, or off the field issues, which you can't really you can't deal with that when you're in the moment because the moment is something else that's past or future fantasy. But you know, so we we learn to as you're observing from pure awareness the player inside your skin. Playing the game through your breath flow, even though these other objects are taking place, they're not, dis they're not distracting me to the point where I go from consciously breathing to subconsciously breathing or going on autopilot, right? Can't go on autopilot. That's like standing still in the middle of the court while everybody's just running by playing, and but you're just standing still until you break the spell and come back out of it. But, you know, we can't afford those moments. Every moment is precious, so we have to be there for every moment and actually extract the energy from objects of perception to your own personal power. And that's one thing from the Bikram practice that's uh, profound, the pause of the breath and the pranayama practice. That's a moment of clarity, mind clarity, where you can transfer energy, where your lung campus expands and you go from gripping to, oh, 
letting it go. That's the transference, transference of, the, of the energy from those objects. So, you know, it's, it's, it's simple. Um, you know, in dealing with athletes, it, it takes a, a moment because they're so um, goal-oriented, right? And I'm like, no, just let that go. Don't worry about doing the posture, right? We'll, we'll find your, we'll find, we'll place our imperfections in, within the perfection, but follow your breath flow, observe, and don't get distracted. You know, we had some um, basketball player come in. One of the things that I observed is that actually their feet were terrible. Mm. You know, like, I, I was wondering, we have one pretty um, famous, I think he was. But anyway, doesn't matter the names. But their feet were so... Hmm. <laughs> that, that was a yoga teacher. Right? Speaking a, of distractions. Distractions. <laughs> yoga teachers calling. No, but I noticed that the guy, um, yeah, that I have really bad feet and had a hard time balancing Mm. Especially because people are tend to be really told and tend to be so out of their, you know, so goal oriented. Mm. And I mean, he did a good, a good, a, a very athletic practice. But again, um, you know, do you ever, do you ever work? I mean, you guys work when with your feet up, right? Do you do a grounding and? Yeah, um, as far as, oh, in the, in the yoga practice? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Every, every situation is built from the ground up. You know, the ex- explanation is like if you're building a home or a building, like you just can't put the roof up first. Like you have to set the foundation. Right. So we identify, just like Samas TT or Mountain Pose. What is Samas TT that you keep seeing? Uh, that's the, you know, the first posture in the, in the Bikram sequence, like when you come in and you stand. Yeah. Right. That's actually uh, the power of the practice, which is rooting, being secure and stable, and elevating into your greatness. So standing, standing still, you call it samadhi tititi. Yeah, samas tititi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in the vinyasa practice, they would call it tadasana, and that yeah. would translate into mountain posture. But it's it, it's in actually a tree. standing it still. Yes, yeah, yeah. the stillness standing in between yeah. and starting. And posture. in English, we just call it standing still. But no, yeah. no, I, I, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. And so, so it's yeah. at that point where we get that out the way. Like, right. you know, balance your body weight. Mm. And what most athletes have, you know, their knees. So this gives us a chance to recalibrate the knees as far as their support balance. Um, so, yeah, we do see that a lot. And, and a lot of the issues come from tight hips. Mm. Because there's a, there's a, um, the, the athlete will need to have some type of resistance, just like the equestrian horse. Mm. Like when they, when, they, when they jump, they tense up every muscle in their body. So the tension is going to be beneficial, but there's also going to need to be some relaxation too. So, you know, a lot of hips, and that's where the, the, the feet and the knees and the feet issues are going to come from, the hips. So after we establish the weight distribution and we establish, you know, how to balance and not just balance on your foot, but come all the way from your glute all the way down to the foot and lift and extend away from it. We also have to incorporate how to move, which is move from your hip joints. Mm-hmm. Like basketball players, they change directions and all that. So on the mat, we, 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 we teach moving from your hip joints since they have the multidimensional movement, whereas the knees primarily flex and extend. So in order to protect them, 
and allow them because the needs are ambitious and egotistical. So they'll mm -hmm. go out of their way to help or save the day. So we want to keep them in their flexion and extension, not so much lateral or twisting at all, period. But in a game, you know, that's going to happen. But if you slow down on the mat and observe it, you teach yourself to connect to that movement so that when you're in the game, it's just going to happen. So you went from being an athlete that didn't know about yoga to being a yogi, basically, somebody that practiced yoga. Yes. And did you have any preconceived notions before uh, about yoga as an athlete? Did you think... I mean, did somebody have to talk to you into or? Yeah, the, uh, the trainer, my trainer in Port School suggested I do yoga, um, the asana. But I was already up on the, um, the philosophy. But, yeah, I had some preconceived notes. I thought it was for girls mm -hmm. or females. And um, I thought I would look soft if I was in there doing it. And I thought it was just stretching. I was like, I could stretch on my own. But once I got to the practice and luckily... Well, not so much luckily. I guess it was divine. It was divine, but I, I came across my first instructor was good. They were really good. So they the explanations and um, the teaching. It wasn't just taking me through, uh, taking us through a sequence. They were like every now and then give tidbits to help out and help you see why we're doing this and what to do, when to do it, and all these things. So. That changed very quickly. And how did did you change as a person, or, or did you did you get more grounded as as a person through the practice? Did you did you see a difference between you as an athlete before you took yoga and you as an athlete after? Yes, yes. My, um, my composure and confidence was through the roof. Um, and then even personally, like I wasn't so aggressive. Like, you know, you know, before that, like, I was really aggressive, maybe even arrogant, but a lot of basketball players are like that. Maybe, you know, that kind of gives us the edge a little bit because it's so competitive. Right, right. But, right. Um, yeah, it's just like I just tone things down. I just, you know, I can still be aggressive, but I can also be cool at the same time. And so that was one of the big things. And uh, I changed a lot of my ways. I wasn't, you know, going out, running around town all day, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you became more grounded yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So tell me about the the new classes, Diana, or you. <laughs> yeah, so we are so fortunate to have Jason teaching several classes for us now. So I can just tell you, Suzanne and I happened to go up to Ember um, Studio last summer just to take a class, just to kind of see the place. And we just, you know, happened to take this class and Jason taught it. And when we walked out of there, we were just blown away. I mean, we were like this. He was amazing. And so when um, we just never forgot it. And so a few months ago, we reached out and we are so fortunate that he's he's agreed to teach for us. And so That's we're so I'm very happy to have him part of the studio. Yeah. Thank you. So, so he's teaching yeah. um, the, the, let's see, Tuesday, 5.30, and Saturday at 1 o'clock are the Bikram classes, mm -hmm. and then also uh, vinyasa, and we are actually introducing a change to one of the vinyasa classes, so I'll let you tell them about that. Yes, uh, we're going to fuse uh, the Bikram with vinyasa, like, because those two uh, asana practices are, like, the best of both worlds. Like, I love, I love, I love Bikram. I love the idea of it, and but I also like I loved vinyasas, the movement and the, the fluidity. So um, we're gonna fuse it, and basically we're gonna keep the 26 posture 
setup, but in between each posture, we'll take a vinyasa, which is basically a sun salutation A, which includes, uh, for instance, you'll inhale, send your arm or send your arms to the sky, exhale, fold forward, inhale, look up halfway, exhale, step back, and you can lower in a push-up or you can lower knees, chest, chin, so there's options. Then you'll inhale into either a cobra or what's known in vinyasa as a down, upward facing dog. And then exhale, you go to down dog or child's pose. Take a couple breaths, come back to the uh, front of your mat, then go to the next Bikram posture. Do that, then go through another vinyasa. So what it does is um, it allows us uh, more fluidity, um, more meditative, um, not so much a more meditative, but it, it's almost like a, a meditation in motion since we're allowing the breath flow to carry us. Um, so we'll slow down and we'll, we'll just move with the breath, which adds more fluidity to, the, to what um, our students at BHOT are already doing, add more fluidity, um, add more range of movement because of the unraveling movements and the slower pace and and also, there's some um, uh, added benefit of gaining some upper body strength through the, the uh, vinyasas and the chaturangas. Um, yeah, that will definitely work the upper body for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it'll just be a great uh, uh, fusion of power and finesse. And so power, when they come together, you know, the practice will be very balanced and harmonious. So uh, we're looking forward, looking forward to teaching that. And that will be Thursdays at 10.15. We'll do that. Yes. How long? It'll be 75 minutes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And so we're still toying around with it. We're not sure if it's just going to be one, instead of doing it twice, just once, the Bikram posture. Yeah, but you want to fit everything in 75 yeah. minutes. And then definitely it won't be as hot. Okay. Because once you, once you implement the vinyasa, like, uh, the body's really going to heat up anyway because there's more movement. So we'll, t- we'll tone the heat down a bit um, and, that's, and, and also add some light sounds, no popular music, but something to take the practitioner, our students, away from the phenomenon or the off-the-mat existence and bring them in so they can look from inside out and really deal with their internal space and then leave the practice and reintroduce themselves to the external space from that aspect. Okay. And tell us about um, June 16th. Oh, June 16th, we're going to do 108 sun citations. All right, so what I just described about inhale, arms up, exhale, fold, inhale, look up halfway, exhale, lower, inhale, back bend, exhale, down dog. We'll do 108 of those. And June when? Why? Why that day? <laughs> well, oh, we're getting ready for summer. So that's like, um, you know, right before the summer solstice, and we'll pick a Saturday just because it's more accessible. Um, right before either the 21st, the first day of summer. Or so this is going to be like an event that we're going to be invited to, Didi? This is, yeah, this is a special like seminar. So it'll yes. be held in the room across the hall from us. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. It'll be an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but a great like welcome to summer. Also great, I guess, introduction to vinyasa. People haven't really done that before. Exactly. Exactly. Because really the only difference between Bikram and vinyasa is the vinyasa what I just described, the sun side, the connector to a situation where Bikram will take a posture and then come back to standing and take another one. So the only difference is the connector. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, so that, that way we can alleviate or get ready, rid of any apprehensions about the practice and get more people to come in and, and, and round their practice off right? and just polish it off and uh, refine it by adding this element. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, it sounds very exciting. <laughs> All right, listen, we're wrapping up because it's, we're already in time. So, Jason, thank yes. you so very much. Well, thank thank you. you, Jason. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Christina. Thank you, Didi. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you in the next Be Hot Yoga Posture. No, Be Hot Yoga Podcast number three. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. All right.